WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latte from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. I'm Janae Pierre. The daily per person cost to house and care for migrants in New York City is going up. $390. That's the new per-person daily tab, according to City Council Speaker Adrian Adams, who spoke at an oversight hearing today. That's up from $363. Speaker Adams had expected the cost to drop. Intuitively, one would think that as the population served grew, the city could gain the benefits of economies of scale. Thus, we would expect the per diem cost to trend lower rather than higher. Mayoral officials attributed the increase to factors including rising rents for hotels and shelters. The city says they're caring for more than 60,000 migrants. Police are looking for a woman who they say assaulted a female passenger on a Queensbound 7 train Friday morning in what they're calling an anti-white hate crime. Police say the suspect approached a 28-year-old passenger around 7.30, called her out for being white, used profanity, and kicked her in the face. The victim suffered a concussion and bruising. The alleged attacker hopped off that train and boarded another Queensbound subway. Police and city leaders say they're on alert for any uptick in hate-based crimes since Hamas's recent attack on Israel, though police say this attack does not seem related. Stay close. There's more after the break. What should I play? I haven't even tried this piano yet. Why don't we play a little bit of a piece that I think you might know. It's a new season of the Open Ears Project. I'm Terence McKnight, here with stories from people who share the piece of classical music that guided them through some of the most important chapters in their lives. Listen now wherever you get podcasts. The war between Israel and Hamas is on the hearts and minds of many in our area. And given the sensitivity of the situation, there's been a spotlight on how our elected leaders respond in times like these. Recently, my colleague David First caught up with WNYC reporters Elizabeth Kim and John Campbell, who cover the mayor and governor, respectively. They discuss how Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul are responding to the news. Liz, you reported this week that Mayor Adams got some blowback after a Zoom meeting that he had with leaders from some of the city's Palestinian and Muslim communities. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So this was a meeting that the mayor convened to discuss security measures that the NYPD was taking in advance of protests. 
But it ultimately became a flashpoint that revealed the strains in the mayor's relationship with some members of the city's Muslim communities. Leading up to that meeting, many Muslim New Yorkers were unhappy with the mayor's remarks. He unequivocally condemned the killings of Israelis by Hamas, but their feeling was that he hadn't sufficiently acknowledged the climbing numbers of Palestinian casualties. They also wanted him to say more to distinguish Hamas from civilians in Gaza. Uh, Four people who attended that meeting told me that their feedback or criticism wasn't very well received. They were really put off by the mayor's tone. They called him patronizing and defensive. And one person even said that he was lecturing them. One prominent Palestinian-American lawyer on the call said she was actually muted after she criticized the mayor for failing to defend and protect Muslims. How did the mayor respond after that meeting? Did his tone shift from the immediate aftermath of the Hamas attack on Israel two weekends ago till now? Well, immediately after that Zoom call, um, he gave an interview the next day on a streaming audio program where he said we should not, you know, to use his exact words, quote, demonize Muslims. And I do want to note that Even on the day before the Zoom call, the mayor did speak at an interfaith event at Gracie Mansion where he he made a point of distinguishing between Hamas and Muslims and said Islam is not about violence. But the Muslim New Yorkers I spoke to viewed these moments as too little, too late. You know, I'd also point out that maybe if he gave those remarks on a bigger stage like MSNBC or a city hall press conference, they might have landed with more impact on the community. What has the mayor's relationship been like with Jewish and Muslim communities prior to the October 7th attack? Adams rose up as a state lawmaker and borough president in Brooklyn, where there are large Orthodox Jewish communities. And not unlike his predecessor, Bill de Blasio, he's really counted on them and courted them for their support. Um, He hasn't earned that same level of support among liberal Jews. And a place where this came up was with his Jewish advisory council, which was criticized by some Jewish members for being dominated by Orthodox men. Now, with respect to the Muslim community, the mayor has tried to assemble a diverse base of groups that have historically been marginalized. And he's been credited for that. You know, he's done a lot, arguably done a lot in building ties with Muslim New Yorkers. He's appointed several Muslims in high-profile positions in city government. Two months ago, he announced that the city would allow a weekly broadcast of the Muslim call to prayer, which is called the Adan. I was at City Hall that day when he was surrounded by imams and Muslim advocates, and it was a very big deal. So for him to go from that moment where he was hailed as an ally for the Muslim community to now where he's being quite angrily criticized, it's quite a dramatic shift, and it's not clear in this moment how he'll repair that relationship. John, Governor Hochul just got back from Israel. What did she do while she was there? Well, it was really a whirlwind trip. It was two full days in Israel filled with all sorts of meetings and visits to holy sites. On Thursday, she met separately with Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli prime minister, and Isaac Herzog, the Israeli president. 
She also visited the Western Wall, the sacred space in, in Jerusalem, and a food pantry and a hotel that's serving as a, a shelter for Israelis who evacuated their homes near the Gaza border. And we also should note here, the governor got some awful personal news right smack in the middle of this trip. Her father, Jack Courtney, he died of an apparent brain hemorrhage Wednesday night. Mm. He was 87 years old. The governor got that news between the first and the second day of her trip, really just hours before she met with Netanyahu and, and Herzog. But she continued on. And John, can you talk about why Governor Hochul felt it was important to head to the region? Uh, Senator Schumer and President Biden went as well, but they're federal officials. Why would the governor of New York get involved so directly? Really, it's it's because the, New York has this enormous Jewish population. Brandeis University tracks the Jewish population in the United States. And in 2020, it found New York State was home to about 1.6 million Jewish people. And that's about one in five of all Jewish people in America. So Governor Hochul is really the latest in this long line of New York governors who have been big Israel supporters. She spoke to reporters on a Zoom call from Jerusalem on Thursday, and she said the point of her trip was showing solidarity with Israel and also to call attention to the hostages Hamas took from Israel in the initial attack. I want to reinforce to the government here, as President Biden did, their lives are important and they need to be brought home. That's what the purpose of this trip was. And like Liz mentioned with Mayor Adams, Hochul has been so supportive of Israel and its right to defend itself that it's drawing criticism from some of those on the left wing of the Democratic Party, some of whom are supporting a ceasefire. And Liz, Mayor Adams went to Israel as well. He went this summer, right? That's right. Adams went to Israel in late August. And this is a rite of passage for New York City mayors as well as other local elected officials. You know, as John mentioned, the city is home to the largest Jewish population outside of Israel. It's a factoid you hear a lot of politicians say. And it's it's actually more than that. They're a big part of the city's cultural, political, and social fabric. And for politicians, a trip to what many Jewish New Yorkers view as their homeland is simply seen as smart politics. That's WNYC reporters Elizabeth Kim and John Campbell talking with my colleague David First. Thanks for listening to NYC Now from WNYC. Catch us every weekday, three times a day. I'm Janae Pierre. We'll be back tomorrow.